What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 210. Uh, right off the bat, again, not 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 feeling great, so if my voice is a little wonky, I apologize if it throws anybody off uh, or, or sounds bad once the audio is edited and submitted, uh, but I'm doing the best I can. Also, it's been 55 and 60 degrees out recently so naturally today's 80 plus right and then it's going to be 60 and 50 for the next you know two weeks uh after today so uh, i tried i tried to do this whole setup without a fan on um and it wasn't happening so if you hear that in the background i'm going to try to get it so you don't hear it before i submit the audio for uh, distribution but uh you may hear a little bit of a uh, this a swirling sound in the background, so I do apologize, but um, I, I can't sit here for an hour plus in 80 degrees without a fan. I'll just I'll go nuts. So it's a nice 75 down here, Chris. It's a nice oh, easy 75. Outside, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's not humid or anything, but up here, like we have a very we have a very like tiny place we live in, and upstairs is just it's just a heat vacuum, which is great in the winter time, but every other time of year, it's it's the shits. So. Uh, that's actually not true. When it's fall and spring, it's fine. But just summer, it, it's about 75 outside. It sucks upstairs. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to get right into, obviously, NFL. Um, and, and you know, it, it's week five coming up, about to start tomorrow night. And some, well, a big question looms for the Indianapolis Colts. What do you do with Jonathan Taylor? Uh, he got upset with Jim Irsay in the offseason. Imagine that. And stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, and, uh, you know, demanded a trade. Um, I don't know if it was Irsay's comments about. He said, I don't remember. I can't. I don't remember verbatim what he said, but it's Irsay. So it was a, a drunken spiel. Um, and. You know, along with running backs just being criminally underappreciated, which I, ju- I just don't understand. Uh, it still baffles me when some of the guys in the league get what they make, get paid and, and running backs are still getting criminally disrespected. Uh, but he said he wanted a contract extension uh, or he wanted a trade. Colts give him a right to seek a trade. And apparently they did not get the kind of compensation they were hoping to get for him. Uh, kind of similar to Lamar Jackson this past offseason and, and the Ravens. Hey, we can't give you that much. Go find somebody who will. That's okay. Eh, we don't find a partner we want. We're not going to get the value we think we can get for you. Uh, so we're not trading you at this point. Well, that offseason ankle surgery went on the physically unable to perform list uh, uh, before the uh, season started. And a lot of people thought, myself included, because until you heard from you know JT himself, that was they were putting him on the pup list to save a spot on the roster. He wasn't really injured, and he explained, I'm not going to hold out. I want to play. I just want to be traded. I want to be compensated fairly. Um, It's kind of a mess. And let's not forget, this is still a young guy who is just in the peak of, not even, not even in the peak of his prime, and Jonathan Taylor, who rushed for over 1,800 yards a few years ago, who was the number one or two pick in all fantasy leagues, everywhere unless you were insane or clueless a few years ago 
and now he's kind of getting treated like, oh, he might be a decent backup somewhere. From what I've seen, people kind of just like downplaying him. I'm like, this is still one of the most exceptional players in the league in his prime. And nobody wants him. Nobody wants to pay him. I mean, for God's sake, there's quarterbacks like Daniel Jones making $40 million a year. You can't give Jonathan Taylor what he deserves. By the way, if you're the Colts, if I'm Jim Irsay, first of all, I sober up. Second of all, <laughs> I say, what do you want? What What's a legit fair price to make you happy over a three- or four-year contract? You know, we can't give you a seven-, eight-year deal. Running backs just don't get that stuff nowadays. I think the last six-year running back contract was Zeke Elliott. We saw how that turned out in Dallas. He didn't play at the end of it. It's just how it goes. Um, so where does where does Taylor end up? And uh, I mean, if it is Indianapolis, like, what does that situation look like? Uh, well, we'll start with this, Chris. Is that the Colts officially open up the window for? him to practice because after four weeks uh the start the clock starts uh to either a uh get off the pup list and be on the active roster or b be put on you know indian indian season ending in uh injury reserve so that's the clock has started you know it, it started for von miller as well but we're not gonna get to him but that's important for the bills um number two um and i know this isn't final, but the Colts have released their unofficial depth chart for week five. And this was released 6.20 p.m. Uh, yesterday by Raven Moore, a contributing writer for the page, uh, the uh, NFL.com. Which is Tuesday, Colts, by the way. Tuesday the 3rd. Which is Tuesday the 3rd. Today's the 4th. Um, and at running back, it is Zach, Zach Moss, Trey Sermon, and Jake Funk are the three active on the depth chart. Now, at the time of that being published, you know, he wasn't available to be enter into the window. Um, but it will be telling this weekend, I think, when, you know, Friday hits, Saturday hits, Sunday morning hits, and we see the A, the active roster, and then B, the game day roster, because obviously you have a 53-man roster, but then he gets a 45 45 player um, game day roster. So it'll be telling this week, um, A, where he's at with his training and B, whether or not he's game ready. The real question is, and you pointed out very, very succinctly is like, just, he wants to play. He just doesn't want to play for the Colts and he wants to be paid. I don't think there's a real good option for him other than to play for the Colts. Like, I just don't, I don't foresee it because I think the offense with, with, with adding Anthony Richardson really helps him. Um, but two, I just don't think Ursay is it's, and it's a weird concept because Ursay's going to Ursay and um, I don't know the uh, GM off the top of my head, but Ballard. it'll, Thank you. Um, they're not going to get the conversation they feel they should get. They feel they probably should get a first-round pick, maybe a first and a second. His quality of play, his abilities would lend to that kind of sure. transaction. Uh, but no team A is going to give that up for 
14 weeks of Jonathan Taylor. And that's 14 weeks on the roster. That's probably 12. I'll, I'll be generous. 12 weeks of top level Jonathan Taylor. Cause you got to give him a couple weeks to get the used to the hitting. Um, and then there's no guarantee the, fo- the following season. There's just no guarantee. So, I mean, you can franchise tag him, but still, we're going to be, we're going to be right back where we were last year if he gets tagged again. And I, I, I find that interesting because they don't want to pay him top level money, but they're going to want top level compensation. So, this is the circle we're going to get into, um, and, and I just don't, I just don't feel like we're. <laughs> We're going to get a great resolution for Jonathan Taylor. I think it, it's just going to be Indianapolis, uh, unless Ballard comes off of his demands, whatever they are. We don't know what they are, but my assumption is, like I said, a first and a second. So I just think he's stuck in Indianapolis this year. He plays under the tag for a year. So then what happens next year is if they tag him again, then it's, I believe, the top – he gets paid the top five you – know, I'll have to correct this um, – if it's wrong, but the top five paid players in the league, not at his position. So that would, we're talking about Mahomes. We're talking about Lamar. We're talking about Allen. Um, anyone else who's like top tier paid level. That's what we're talking about. So this is going to go from, I think it was like 10 or 11 million for a franchise tag. Um, Uh, running back to astronomical numbers. I just don't think there's a resolution, to be honest, Chris. I just don't. He's he's just stuck. Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate situation for a very, very, very talented player uh, who, you know, a lot of times when these athletes ask for more money, I go, oh, shut up. Come on. You're making crazy amount of money. But it seems like running back is the only position – NFL owners don't want to pay. And it's without a doubt one of the most physically brutal in the league. These guys have the shortest career of anybody on the field and get the furthest thing from guaranteed money. It's a really screwy system. And I'm really surprised the NFLPA has not kind of been pressuring some of these contracts or the players who are making these contracts to kind of support the running backs a little more. Seeing as you usually have a three- to five-year prime window, yeah, and then it's like, and then you could be a backup for a couple of years. And obviously, there's the anomalies: Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, guys who played for like twelve, fifteen years. Emmett Smith, uh, right. we all know some of the greats of the past. And it's just like I, I don't, I don't understand when you look at like, look, San Francisco 49ers are an amazing football team. I mean, I, I don't mean to slight anybody by this, but do you think? If they have Eli Mitchell, who looks like a nice running back, don't get me wrong, yep. and not Christian McCaffrey, with some of the inconsistencies and injuries those, those key players in Arizona can have. George Kittle, great tight end, not always the healthiest. Debo Did Samuel. San Francisco? Like, yeah, in San Fran. Right. Uh, Debo, uh, fantastic, fa- fantastic receiver, running back. I mean, just all, you know, Swiss Army knife. But his play style lends him to frequently get banged up. Do you think Brock Purdy has the success he's had? Maybe he does. Maybe he turns out to be one of the all-time greats. Who knows? He certainly isn't 
has not made a doubter out of me. I, I, I believe Kit's for real. Has the success he has so quickly? If a guy like Christian McCaffrey wasn't really coming along with that team or traded for, and really kind of coming up with him as he's kind of learning the system too, because remember he pretty didn't start last year right out the bat. Right. And they traded for McCaffrey before the deadline. Purdy came in, I believe, after they already traded for McCaffrey. And so he he had that. Um, and all I'm trying to say is not a slit on anybody, but, like, how can you not see what a premier top-tier running back? And is, is Jonathan Taylor the receiving back that McCaffrey is? No, nobody is. Maybe nobody in the history of the game is. I mean, McCaffrey may be the best receiving back of all time. Uh, and he certainly is a fantastic runner as well. But, like, you're trying to bring a young quarterback along or keep a veteran from getting, you know, injured or hurt. A strong running game is incredibly important. And, like, I'm just in disbelief that these teams are not realizing that. I mean, I don't know what the resolution to this is going to be. I can't see them trading him. Because they just spent all the draft capital on Anthony Richardson, who looks really good. Anthony Richardson has looked really good this year. Um, uh, so, I mean, I think the Colts have their answer at quarterback. Uh, see how the next couple seasons play out, but the kid looks good so far. Decent receivers, a very good line, and a solid defense. And the running backs that they've been kind of plugging in in Jonathan Taylor's place have been doing okay. They've been serviceable to good, but they're not Jonathan Taylor. So you can have a, a, a rookie quarterback on his rookie contract for the next couple of years, give Jonathan Taylor a very respectable contract with some good incentives, and be competitive while rebuilding, essentially, with a rookie quarterback. Like, that is not something a lot of teams can do. Uh, Seattle's kind of doing it up there with young players rebuilding and still winning. Uh, but, I mean, that's not the norm. <laughs> See New England. Um I just don't understand what the mindset is. It's almost like Jim Irsay is a stubborn drunk uh, <laughs> who won't, who, who's just like, well, no, we're not going to pay him because we said we're not going to pay him. Dude, swallow your pride like it's vodka and pay him. Or just get the draft capital back. Just, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the list of teams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not gonna. This, is, this will be quick. Um, I don't. I don't think the Bills need him. The Bills' offense does not want to slow the game down and run 25, 30 running play. They they want to throw the ball around. That's they have Josh Allen to pay them all that money. It's effective. It works. Much like the Patriots and and, and Prime Brady, the, the the screen pass is pretty much an ex, uh, the uh, extension of the running game. They're fine. Uh, the Patriots don't need to worry about running back. They need to worry about a lot of other things first. Uh, the Jets, eh. Uh, Dolphins, I could say, would have been, but Raheem Mostert's been incredible, and with Devon Shane being doing what he's done the last two weeks, uh, they're good at running back. They're, they they know how they know how to use the guys they have effectively. They're, it's almost like they knew. It's almost like they knew going into the season with all the rumors about Dalvin Cook. Oh yeah, Jonathan Taylor, yeah. all all the running backs. It's like, it's almost like they knew. Yeah, they're watching this kid in camp. Going, no, we're good. <laughs> like we got it. <laughs> On top of the fact, Mostert, whenever he Mostert started, wherever he's played, whether it be San Fran or or Miami, he's been effective. 
guy's been a very underappreciated running back, and he's starting to finally you know be seen a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, nobody in the North is going to trade for him. Ravens could, but I I doubt with the Colts and the Ravens how they feel about each other. Uh, just you know from a, a standpoint of yes. you know Baltimore leaving and then you know whatever. Um, they're not going to trade in division, so the South's out. Uh, the Chargers don't even want to pay their own star running back, so they're not going to pay Taylor. Uh, they're the same with the Raiders. Broncos are investing all their money in their quarterback and coach, so they can't afford them. Uh, and the Chiefs apparently don't need anybody except Patrick Mahomes for anything. Well, they need Kelsey, too. Uh, Mahomes more. More. Oh, 100% more. We went over this last week. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Eagles don't just seem to – they have a system where it seems they just plug whoever into that running back spot, and they're effective. Um, right. They take guys who are very good and make them look like stars, which is good for them. Uh, me, uh, yeah, again, Giants don't want to pay their own guy. Cowboys commanders aren't aren't going to do it. Uh, Lions seem good. Packers are good. Vikings didn't, again, just let Dalvin Cook go. Uh, There's nobody, I mean, man. Maybe the Bears? No. Yeah, I mean, if they want to, I mean, look, if they want to give Justin Taylor, or Justin Taylor, Justin Fields, Justin. Uh, a, a, a better security blanket, I mean, Khalil Herbert looks all right, but he's not Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Probably not. But especially with something we'll be talking about a little bit later on. Potentially yeah. a rumor. Uh, and, you know, Falcons drafted a guy. Saints have a couple guys. Panthers are good. Well, they're not good, but they have a guy they're paying. Niners, Seahawks, Rams. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no glaring place you can look at and go, oh, he would be a perfect fit there. Would he be good pretty much anywhere he went? Absolutely. But. There's no team out there that can go, oh, man, this guy's going to make the difference between us being a, a, a not a playoff team and a playoff team, a wild card team and a division winner, a division winner or, yeah. you know, the, the, the bye week. Like, there's no – any of the teams that are in that position aren't going to change much with the addition of him. Uh, and he, like I said, a team like the Bills, you know, that kind of actually goes counterintuitive to what their game plan is, which is just throw the ball over the field. I don't say that as a slight. They do it fantastically well. Uh, they're 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 an amazing offense. So it's working for them. So why change it? There's no need. Uh, so it really behooves Taylor and the Colts to sit down, especially these next couple of days, and say, okay, let's make this happen. Just give the guy a, a three year deal. Make him make him an offer. Make him like the second or third highest paid running back in the league for three years. He's got three years left in his prime. He's going to be fine. He got three years left on a rookie contract with Anthony Richardson. So it's not going to hurt you financially. It's not like you're paying a quarterback and a running back and the offense and all these other guys too. I'm afraid, and not just because he's on my fantasy team, I'm afraid we're going to end up with a Le'Veon Bell situation. You have a a guy who was in his prime. I I I think Taylor's smarter than that. I think he he saw the mistake that that Bell made and doesn't want to do that. But I really am afraid that it might happen where he just goes, you're not going to pay me? You're not going to sign me to a long-term contract? I'm going to sit out. And then it gets to a whole messy thing where he doesn't have the service time and he might not be a free agent and they can just do the same thing again next year. It's, it's, it's really a mess and it's really unfortunate. 
that instead of just giving this great player who proved how good he could be, I know last year wasn't wasn't great for him, but that team was a mess last year. The offensive line was injured and banged up and in and, and a mess. Quarterback situation was a mess. All they really had consistently was Taylor, and defenses knew it. Now with the line healthier, a good young quarterback, the receiving core a little bit more kind of fleshed out and, and guys know their role. Bring him back. He's a perfect piece. I, I, I don't understand it. Long term, I think they find a way to make it work, and I think Taylor stays in Indy and is really, really effective for a pretty exciting young team. Well, uh, Chris, for top of the market, you're looking at twelve to fifteen million. Um, it's kind of what the average is, and he's making five million. I think what the greatest insult, and I think I think this was highlighted at some point in this offseason. He's making five point five, right? Mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson, AAV right now, it's five point four. Bijan Robinson, yeah, the rookie, yeah. all because where he was drafted, and that might you know as his contract you know gets deeper and deeper, like he's going to be, it's going to be tough for him to get resigned, especially if he proves what he is. Uh, I want to link back one thing you said like six minutes ago, five minutes ago to a question you asked me uh, because you actually answered the question uh, when you were talking about the Eagles because the head coach comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Um, Yes, you can insert any running back into that offense and it will operate. It will not operate at the peak level that it is operating right now. You have Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle, and you have CMC with Brock Purdy, the correct trigger man. That's what you have. How good has Ayuk looked this year? Holy cow. Oh, Ayuk, ooh. I just wish I played him on the two weeks that he succeeded. But anyway, side note. Um, I just, you kept seeing, because you kept seeing actually these running backs leave uh, the Niners and go to different teams, and they just didn't have quite the success. Mm Mm-hmm. But you put them in the Miami or in the in the uh, San Francisco offense, and they exceed. But what you're seeing is CMC's ability to play the position, kind of elevate the position in that offense. And now, I would argue, and some have argued, uh, I have a little 49ers fan sitting on my head, uh, sitting on my shoulder that I can think of. Uh, that he'll tell me every day that uh, CMC is an MVP candidate. Uh, I, uh, I mean, and you can't, and you can't. No argument for me so far. Absolutely not. So, will they? Would they be at this level of offense? No. But would they be three and one, four and zero? Oh? I would say absolutely, because they're they got the trigger man they wanted, you know. And, and Trey Lance wasn't the answer. Jimmy had a lot of the characteristics, but it's just. It's just Brock Purdy just came in and honestly, he probably just soaked in what Shanahan wanted to do. You're out. You're the, you are Mr. Irrelevant. So you are going to listen to everything they say. You're going to soak in as much as you can because you're coming in with the mindset. Yes, I'm a really good quarterback, but I got drafted last in the, in the draft. I need to prove something. And if I'm going to stick around. 
I'm going to do everything this team wants me to do. Huh, sounds it. familiar. <laughs> so, um, and then because that links right to what you said about the Eagles, they can insert anyone. Absolutely, uh, it'll be interesting to see how what the what the what peak Miles Sanders was last year compared to what DeAndre Swift uh. did, did this year. It'll be interesting to see what the two did comparatively, and if you're that front office, do you look at it and say, okay, what can we can we insert anybody, or do we need to be very careful about who we put in the, the offense? Honestly, I think it's just whoever whoever is versatile enough to be in that offense with Jalen Hurts with with it, uh, AJ Brown with Devontae uh, Smith. I think will work out for that offense. And then to kind of put a bow on it, Taylor just stays where he's at. You're right, right. There's no real solid landing place. The only one I can think of, there's two places, Chris. Uh, I kind of disagree with the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's a good landing place. It's just a matter of do they want to expel more assets, whether it's finances or draft picks, to acquire yet another running back when each and every year they have that problem. And I think the only other team – is um what was it oh god i saw it oh uh the cardinals i thought the cardinals although it's working i think with the explosive running back by jt paired with eventually Kyler murray would be uh would would really rev that up i just don't think they want to expend the draft picks it's all about the draft picks so he's he's staying where, where he's at yeah, and I, I think he would be fine in Baltimore. I don't think he'd be bad. I just think that the two franchises inherently dislike each other, so they would never. It's like the Red Sox and Yankees doing a, a doing a deal. Yeah, you see it every once in a while for like a minor league reliever, yeah. but like it's not often. No. Yeah, this is uh, really interesting, and I just want to real quick before we move on, go back. I, I freaking love that Brock Purdy story, man. That is so good. Oh yeah. I, I'm not. I you know. <clears throat> People might think, I guess, because we're Patriots fans and same thing happened to Brady, that we're going to, like, hate on the guy. If anything, dude, it draws me to, like, watch him even more because he's already, like, he's already, uh, a, a at at worst, a really good game manager. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. Like, he can't be better. I just mean at not even a full season worth of game starting yet. This guy is already where you would want – a highly drafted rookie quarterback to be two, three years into their career. If Mac Jones was anywhere near where Brock Purdy is right now, and I understand the offensive weapons around him are very different, but Purdy still makes some fantastic throws. It's not like I'm not going to be like people were when Brady came up. Oh, Corey, he only throws five-yard passes. Da, da, da. He throws screen passes, and he throws some bad passes. He's a, he's a second-year player. Makes a lot of really amazing throws. There was one I saw, I believe it was last week, to Ayuk in the corner of the end zone that was just like, holy cow. I mean, he he went right between the hands of the DB. It was amazing. And this is a second-year guy who looks like uh, an already completely like molded veteran quarterback. And you add all that offensive talent around him, and that is just a beyond dangerous team. Like, it's going to... Healthy 49ers team is, I don't think, beatable, personally. But 
Uh, will they go undefeated? Probably not, just because that's not the nature of the, the, the game. Like They're going to have one slip up here or there, and that's fine. That happens. But I feel bad for the team they play after they slip up. Because especially if they lose to a sub-500, if they go out and they like lose to the Cardinals the next time they play them, whoever they play next is going to get 50 or 60 hung on them. It's going to be a massacre. It's going to be like the Dolphins playing the the, the, the uh, Broncos all over again. But uh, anything else on the uh, Jonathan Taylor slash 49ers no, I, slash whatever else? I, I, I think we pretty much put that one in a bow. Um, we'll see if he plays this weekend. But I, I just want to see it'll probably be field. like I want to see yeah, him on the yeah. field. He's a Absolutely. damn good player, and you want to see the best players in the game on the field. And he's. I saw someone today saying he might be a good running back, too, when he comes back. And I'm like, are you serious? When he comes back, he's going to be one of the top five running backs in the league. That's just how good he is. So, we shall see. All right, what do we got up next here? Uh, no, that was Taylor. Ah, so, uh, man, normally we talk about the Patriots, and it's 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 – a lot, uh, you know, people could argue a lot of being a homer and a lot of, you know, kind of seeing the silver lining that other people don't see. And that's kind of what being a fan is. Uh, anybody out there who's been, and look, I'm not knocking any team here. I'm being legitimate, when, very legitimate when I say this. If you were a Browns fan for a long time or a Bengals fan, obviously those teams are better now, but for a while they were not very good. Teams like the Jets, the Colts have struggled recently. Like, you have to hang on to whatever whatever you can. You have to – if your team sucks, okay, well, fine. Well, they have this great player I like to watch. Um, and after this past weekend, uh, we had two of those guys on the Patriots. Oh, yeah. We had yeah. two of those guys. So the offense is almost non-existent. I don't know what they practiced all offseason. Uh, but uh, I saw – I've seen nothing from this team to indicate they're going anywhere this year. And uh, they just look old, slow, tired, and it looks like they're playing football in the 1960s, the way they're just running up the middle and not doing anything creative. So whatever Bill O'Brien did, Matt Patricia could have done last year. Uh, The defense, however, has been the highlight of this team. And, yeah, there's been some high-scoring games offensively for the other teams they played. However, a lot of that has been uh, touchdown, uh, interception returns for touchdowns, um, just putting the defense in awful field position through fumbles and interceptions. And the defense has very rarely given up like a long drive and ended in a touchdown. Even against a team like the Eagles, who've been an offensive machine. Um, Even this past week when they had 38 put up on them against Dallas, uh, when, you know, the 11 guys on offense – where 11 guys took the Patriots jerseys and pretended they were the players and went out there on offense because I couldn't have been a professional football team I watched. That was terrible. Um, we had two guys who were excited to watch on defense. You got Matthew Judon, one of the best defenders, one of the best pass rushers in the game. You know, a guy who speaks his mind, very, very intelligent. He doesn't embarrass the team. He's always out there trying to recruit guys to come on and join him. Uh, and Christian Gonzalez, the rookie uh, corner who won, you know, rookie of the month in the first month mm-hmm. of the season, uh, defensive rookie of the month in the AFC, excuse me, and looked all the world to be a, a defensive rookie of the year candidate and a maybe not locked down yet, but a true future lockdown corner. And, and that's still possible. Uh, both, both exited the game 
with injuries. Um, the Gonzalez one sucks, but it doesn't piss me off because yeah. that was early in the game, and he's a rookie, and he's got to be under getting his reps, and things happen. It's it's not ballet. People get hurt, which sucks, but especially now, looks like he's going to have shoulder surgery. He's probably going to miss the rest of the season. So, unfortunately, yep. a very promising rookie campaign has cut very short, but it's a shoulder. It's not a knee. It's not, you know, a back, something where it's like, you know, now the shoulder injury isn't serious. It's just it's it's different. Like the recovery is different. Like he'll be okay. Matthew Judon one getting hurt and hurting his shoulder, and it, it looks like and he it's possible he might not play again this year. I mean, if they, if they win they win two games and he comes back in week fifteen, why the hell are you gonna put him back out there? Just don't take a chance. Just he he's convinced he's gonna come back, but I and look, big Judon fan man, super happy when we got him. Been nothing but happy watching him play. Guy's been amazing. Um, they're in Dallas in the fourth quarter, and they're down by a lot. And this team is not coming back. They've showed no heart or anything at all. And Matthew Judon is still out there playing defense, and he gets hurt in, in absolute garbage time. Although, in fairness, you know, at the seven-minute mark in the first quarter was garbage time for the Patriots team on Sunday, but... Uh, you know, absolutely did not have to be out there. Normally, I'm not the type to go, this is why you bench guys in blowouts either way because you don't want to make it hurt unnecessarily. And it happened. And instead of saying, okay, well, Gonzalez is out now, but we still have the rest of the defense. We'll make this work. Maybe we'll get some of the cornerbacks back. Uh, now we have our two best defenders and arguably the only exciting thing about our team is these two defensive players. And they're possibly not going to even see the field the rest of the year. So we're going into week five with an offense that just looks like it doesn't even want to be on the field. They just look bored. There's zero energy from that offense. It is it is embarrassing. And you know me. Even, even, even when you're trying to point out to me all the things that are wrong with this team, I'm still, no, 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 no. They'll, they'll, they'll do this. They'll do this. They'll do this. They'll turn it around. After that game Sunday, I got nothing. Mac looks tired and washed. Dude's 24. He looks like the oldest 24-year-old in the world. Like I said, he looks like Drew Bledsoe without the uh without the arm strength, confidence, and poise. And I'm yeah. a big Bledsoe fan, but he was very slow. That's why they gave him an offensive line. The line looks like a turnstile. They're non existent. The running backs, I mean, Stevenson and and and, and, and Elliott should be a, a big time impactful one two punch. They just can't do anything because the line is they can't get out past the line of scrimmage without being hit. And I don't know if it's the receivers aren't getting separation because there's not enough time to develop the routes because the line's so bad, or if they're just old and slow too. I mean, we saw some good things from Demario Douglas and he got one pass that we didn't see him the rest of the game. Oh, oh. I was going to get to that, Chris. I can tell you exactly how many plays he was in. Okay. He was in, he was in, where is it? 33% of the snaps, which they had a total of 55 snaps, which is 18 plays. I can't give you a breakdown of if it's first half, second half, but I mean, that, that just tells you like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't see, I don't know. I, I'm guessing Keishon Bute was either, not active, yeah. It looks like he wasn't active because uh, he had no 
no plays at all. So it it's I'll tell you what the problem is, Chris. So you either have players on the offensive line that are either too old, they're past their prime, or they're young. And when I mean young, I'm we're talking first or second year. And outside of Cole Strange for those offensive those young offensive linemen, they're all fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. And then compounding that issue is Cole Strange is in year two, I believe, correct? Year two? Yes. I would say by the end of year three, if Cole Strange isn't your cemented starting guard that doesn't make mistakes, it was a bust. It was a bust of a first-round pick that was projected to be, I believe it was either a third or fourth, because we had the same reaction when he was drafted that, huh? Yeah. Who? Yeah. This is and, – and, and, and I don't want to poo-poo on, on, on Kyle Duggar, but Kyle Duggar needs to start, you know, showing me that next-level stuff because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. But and that's he a looked side great note. last year. I don't know what's happened. Uh, it, it might be the Devin McCourty effect, to be honest. Uh, but to to curve it back to the offense, I think part of it is definitely that offensive line, which goes to um, Bill as a GM, not investing enough in this offensive line. And he kept to the point where he traded for two tackles before training camp ended before we started the season like that's that tells you a lot the guy they sounded in the offseason that was a throw a castaway from the Bengals, i believe uh not the guy they traded for but the guy they signed um he is available to come off the short-term ir i believe this week or next week and if he plays great but if he doesn't play well then that's just another wasted money on someone that isn't doing anything for you. It's, it's just a lot of, a lot of money thrown at a lot of positions. And then we come back to the same point. We come back to every single time when you talk about the Patriots, it's that it, and it worked for a while because we had the greatest quarterback of all time. And how much crap does he cover up a lot? Oh, and then Bill's so able to, <laughs> I mean, and Bill's able to spend money on, you know, the superstar special teamers that all they do, and I love Matthew Slater, but all they do is special teams. That's all they do. So it's a lot of money spent at a lot of places, and it's just not. Trent Brown's getting twelve and a half million, and what's he doing? Davin Gonchar is getting ten million. Davin Gonchar is not doing anything for us. He's just not. I, I, I have you seen him make an impact play at defensive tackle? Because I haven't. No. It, and, in and, fairness, though, I mean the rest of that defense has been playing so good, I really didn't notice it. No, but it, it, it's 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 my issue, Chris, is um, where you're spending the money. Oh, hundred. Yeah, I agree. Issue. Yeah, I agree. And and they're currently as my uh, I have a cap estimate of. Uh, 
two almost three million in cap space. I don't know if that's factoring in uh something that we'll talk about in a couple minutes. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But it it, it tells you that and at least it tells me that they're just there's too much money being spent in places that it's just not not beneficial for the for the bit for the, the team as a whole. They're paying Cody Davis a free safety, one point six million dollars, and he's on introvert. That that that's just Cody Davis. By the way, he's he's one of those um, superstar special teamers that I could care less about. Um, I know they have a lot of cap space coming up next year, which is great. Um, but herein lies the problem, Chris. And we can we can complain about. The kids on on offense not getting enough playing time. We can complain about the offensive line. We can we can do all that. They have eighty million dollars next year in cap space. Um, the big question will be the four the fifth year option for Mac Jones comes up next year. He'll be in his fourth season after completing a, th- a third season, which I don't know if it's going to be that great. <sighs> I, I don't know where they're going to go with this because I, I the answer I to your question is no. I, I I think that's the answer. I I there's nothing up to this point that shows me that he's going to progress. And and whose fault? I don't know whose fault it is. Is it Bill Belichick's fault? Is it Bill O'Brien's fault that the young wide receivers aren't getting plays? I don't know if it is. Like I understand Bill's issue. Like you saw, um, Demario Demario Douglas got benched immediately after he fumbled that ball. Correct. Yep. And Z- what happened with Zeke in the first game when he fumbled? Yep. They didn't miss a step. Nope. Right. He kept playing. Yep. I understand you know the difference between veterans and and rookies, but you saw that play. I didn't get to see the play live, but I did see the replay. You saw that play, I assume, live by Demario Douglas. Right? Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Spin move made two give, defenders give, look like a Madden play. It was amazing. Give me, give me a list of other offensive players, skill players, that are going to do that on the Patriots. Give me a list. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I mean, don't hear anything. Put, I, don't I hear mean, anything. I think you have like Thornton and Butte are also very uh, talented, but they're they're more fast as opposed to being the shifty spin move right. kind of. I mean, that was a Debo Samuel move that Douglas pulled. I mean, well, so on, <laughs> he's got the ability. So, someone on Twitter equated. Now, uh, let me be very, very clear about what this person said on the field exclusively, not the other crap. Oh, but boy. it reminded them of Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. That yeah, kind, the of, kind of the smaller, shifty speed guy who can really, you know, make people it, miss. Yeah. Absolutely. So so my 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 issue is, is who's at fault here? Because. Clearly, and I'd have to look back at the history of the past four games, but it seems like when DeMario gets in the game, there seems to be a concern for Mac Jones to at least attempt to get him involved. So is that more Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien, just not confident in the rookie? Which, if that's the case, I'm sorry. You you got to play with what you ha- your best players have to play. I know you gave, I know you gave Parker that rework contract, which, okay, whatever. You gave Juju money, which he clearly 
He can catch the ball and fall down. That's pretty much what he does. Yeah. And the combination of Gusecki and Henry, it's a nice combination. It's not enough unless unless you have someone that is going to threaten the entire field. And that's, I think, what DeMario could potentially do. I don't know if Butte can do. I don't know if Tyquan Thornton can do. Who should be off the injury reserve in the next couple weeks? And then back on the following week. And then back on the following week, yeah. Um, I, I I think we're we're going through a nice little run right here, Chris, where it's um it's it's New Orleans, it's Las Vegas, it's Buffalo, and then it's Miami. Four game stretch. What do you see the Patriots going in that four game stretch? And I don't think where they play matters because right now they're 0-2 at home. Yeah. I see them going 1-3. and three. See, that's what I thought. When I looked at yeah. when I initially saw that, I said. I think. I think. I think it's uh, the Raiders game. That's it. Yeah. I think the um, the Saints game. I know the Saints are only 2-2. Two and two. Derek Carr is back, uh, which, I mean, woohoo. But he's a solid, he's a solid quarterback. I mean, at this point. Derek Carr be a breath of fresh air on this offense. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, which I never thought I'd say. Uh, and they can beat the Raiders because Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones, Jesus. Uh, Josh McDaniels is essentially just going to run the same kind of game plan. And right now, Go lay down. it's, I think the Patriots can win that game. I don't think it's going to be easy. Because they're gonna have to stop Devontae Adams with pretty much nothing at cornerback. Well, they have a, a new player now. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> we'll be injured ten minutes after the game starts. Like, okay, great. Um and they're not gonna beat the Bills. They're not gonna beat the Dolphins. Like it's I mean, if they made the trade that they made and got through they got the foot today and that guy stays healthy and they had a healthy Judon and he had a healthy Gonzalez. And the offense could be efficient. Perhaps they may have a chance against division teams because division yeah. matchups are always hard because teams just know each other so well. You never know. But without those guys on defense and the offense looking the way it has, I saw nothing from that team oh. that that made me go, "Oh, well, you know, this is uh, this is um, it's not good this week, but it's developing." Um. They've regressed every game this year. They looked fine in the Eagles game with the exception of the mistakes, which you're like, okay, first game jitters, that happens. Against the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl, that happens. Fine. Okay. Well, uh, didn't look near, it didn't get nearly as far against the Dolphins. Uh, they beat the, the Jets, who had their entire season game plan thrown off with Rodgers getting hurt. So, I mean, that is what it is. And the Patriots have always had the Jets number. Uh, and then they just get absolutely just destroyed by Dallas, who went out and got their ass handed to them by the Cardinals last week. So, it, it, it and it's not just getting beat. Like, the first drive of that Dallas game for both teams, both teams marched down the field, got a field goal. And I'm like, oh. This is going to be an exciting game. We got two offenses going back and forth. We'll see which defense can step up. Well, it was pretty obvious pretty quick. Uh, 
I just want to say right off the bat, too, I'm a Patriots fan. I always have been. I always will be. What I'm saying now is nothing to do with, oh, I'm not going to be a fan of this team. That's not how that's not how fandom really works. But as a fan, trust me, I'm going to criticize the hell out of them when they look bad and they look bad. Mac Jones, I hope, I hope, and I hope more than anything that end of the season, you and I are doing like a season recap episode and we're like, hey, you know, we were wrong about Mac. He really turned it around that second half. Not a really solid second half. And he really developed here and here and here, and he looked good. And and he's earned that uh, that credibility to look forward to next season, to potentially pick up that fifth-year option, which they still shouldn't do just because of the finances. Make him either he's going to earn a big contract or he's not. Yeah. You don't have to give up all the fifth-year option money. Just say we're not doing it, nothing personal. We still want you here. Just play. Uh, but, I mean, look, the Patriots are a rebuilding team, and that's fine. However, rebuilding teams are usually at least exciting in some fashion, in some way, shape, or form. Like, the Jets are rebuilding for well, pretty much the past two decades, uh, but they always had so they always had a great defensive player. They always had a guy on offense that was fun to watch. Uh, they always had something that kind of excited the fan base a little bit. Uh, the Steelers have been rebuilding the last couple of years, but they go out, they draft a young quarterback, Kenny Pickett. I know you weren't high on him, but he's looked pretty good, along with their good, talented rookie receiver, uh, 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 George Pickens, or second year, excuse me. Uh, yeah, they're rebuilding, but there's still exciting elements to that team. They have guys like TJ Watt, and there's, there's an, an excitement where, okay, this team could really turn a corner. Um, the Colts. They had Jonathan Taylor those couple of years. They were really struggling with quarterbacks. They had a good defense. They had something going for them. Same with the Texans when they were so bad for a while. They had Hopkins. They had Watson. They had other guys. You know, and, it, and you go on and on and on. Like now, the Cardinals. The Cardinals were great for a few years. Now they're rebuilding again, essentially. Uh, and you don't even have Kyler Murray starting for them right now. And they're an exciting team. You see big plays. You see speed. You see potential. You see uh, different kind of game planning. And what it really comes down to, to me, and I hate to say this, and again, I'm not one of these people who's fire Belichick. It might be time to part ways with Belichick. We talked and, about that. And, and, and that's not, I don't say that as fire him. I don't want him here. Look, we got to watch six Super Bowl championship seasons, nine Super Bowl appearances, countless other AFC championship games for 20 years. We got our team was how much I hate to say this as a Red Sox fan. They were the Yankees of the NFL. If you were a Pats fan, you loved them. There was a, a very small percentage of the fan bases, which were like, oh, no, they're just they're a good team. They're a quality team. Uh, even though we're not a Patriots fan, everyone else hated them. They were the most hated team in the league, and they just kept winning because their system worked because they had the perfect quarterback and the perfect coach combination for the system, and it all freaking worked. It all worked. And you, you just – you don't have that now. And all it is is Belichick trying to use the same methods he did when Brady was there to continue to win, and it's not going to work because Tom Brady – is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. He's a generational talent. You got guys like you got you got your guys like Marino, Elway, uh, 
who were great and, and legends and, and and phenomenal, and they made players around them better. Got Brady did the same thing. Manny did the same thing. Um, no, Mahomes right now. I mean, is that Kansas City team anything special without Mahomes on it? No. No. And that, look, this isn't a knock. Like, it's not It's not a, a knock to the Chiefs. Like, good on them for knowing that and making sure he's happy there and, and, and giving him at least a bare minimum receiver-wise to do what he can do because he can elevate people. He does. Uh, just, like, those guys are special. And that that's just not what Mac is. And that's okay. I don't mind a game manager. I don't mind a guy who goes, you know, 15 for 25 for 180 yards and a touchdown. As long as there's no turnovers, there's no stupid plays. I don't need to have the guy who's top offensive talent every single category like Brady was for so many years. I don't care. I want to see the team win. But what Belichick's doing right now is not working. And the draft picks, how like, the free agent misses the draft picks, like it's getting to the point where it's like, there's something you're doing wrong, dude. And what I mean when I say it might be time to move on is I think Robert Kraft has to have a sit down with him face to face, legit and go, Bill, are you going, are you willing to adjust to the game? Because the game that you were coaching when you started coaching Brady yeah, to when he, when, when Brady stopped, Brady could cover up for the lack of, of the, of the game plan the game plan kind of progressing with the times. You don't yep. have that anymore. Are you willing to upgrade your thought process? Are you willing to be less stubborn? Are you willing to try these new techniques that are working for everyone else? And if you're not, then we're going to have to part ways. And I don't want to fire you, so I need you to either retire or just resign. Because I don't want that ugliness. I don't want that, you know, this is the most successful coach in franchise history, and now you're going to get fired. Right. Like, I, I don't I don't want to see that. I don't want that ugliness. Like, there was enough kind of back and forth when Brady left, and it was like, uh, for a while it kind of tarnished his time here. Now that's all fine now, but it's like kind of like the the whole thing of I don't want to be here anymore was like, man, like you were our guy. You were the you would you were the guy that brought us from a laughing stock of a franchise to the franchise like Patriot place. If you never, if you're not a Patriots fan, you've never been to Patriot place or, or, or uh, Gillette stadium. It's a destination. Even when there's no yeah. game on it's there's a mall outside of it. There's just countless shops and restaurants and a movie theater. It's a, it's a great place to go. Even on a day when there's no game that doesn't happen without Tom Brady. That is the, that is the complex that Tom Brady built. Yeah. If this team doesn't see the unequaled success that it saw for the past two decades, Gillette is just uh, a mediocre stadium. The stadium itself is fine, but it's nothing overly special. And, and I, I mean that compared to like some of the crazy stadiums they're building now. Uh, and, and like it's it's a fine stadium, but it's nothing. I mean, the coolest thing about it is the six banners hanging up in the end zone. Right. You get kind of past that. It's just, you know, uh, 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 a $9 coffee and, a, uh, you know, uh, 
or a $12 beer and a hard seat to sit in. Like, it's not, it's not like, oh man, this is a, this is a, a like luxurious place to watch a game. So like a lot of the stigma and nostalgia and not nostalgia, but the stigma and everything left with Brady. Like, it's not there anymore. And you have a fan base that the real ones are still going to be there. Yeah. But Brady brought in a lot of Fairweather fans who were just Tom Brady fans. And that's fine if you just like a player. But now don't sit here telling us how bad everything is if you're just going to leave and buy a Dallas Cowboys hat in two weeks. Like, if you're going to be a fan, be a fan. And if every right, you're putting your time, money, and, and and everything into watching and being a fan and investing. You have every right to voice your opinion and all that stuff. But like, if you're not going to be here in a couple of weeks, if you're just going to like go pick another team, let's go now. Shut up. Get off the bandwagon. We don't need you. We're going to have a hard enough time the next few years as it is. We don't need you making things harder. Uh, but like, we have to move forward. Like we are. An old, tired, unexciting team. And this is the third year of that. At least when Cam Newton was quarterback and there was, you know, a little excitement on the offense. I mean, granted, it was usually because he didn't know which defender he was going to throw to uh, <laughs> in an interception. But at least there was a, a, you know, at least you could make a fun drinking game out of that. Instead of playing, oh, is Mac going to throw an interception or fumble this time? Hmm, let's flip a coin. It's just like... I don't know. And I so want to like Mac Jones. I think there's something there. But whatever this team is doing to try to draw that potential out of players that worked for 20 years is not working anymore. The draft strategy is not working anymore. And it was never great. There's a lot of teams draft far better than the Patriots do. But they still found players. Uh, Whatever this team is doing front office-wise is not working. And a lot of it is... A lot of it has to do with Belichick and the endless stream of friends and family that he brings in to do his bidding because he wants to be top dog and not questioned. And that's fine if you have Tom Brady and you're winning. When you have Mac Jones and you're losing by 35 and you look horrendous with no end in sight, let's bring in some fresh people. Let's let's bring in people from the outside that might challenge Bill a little bit. Or if Bill can't handle being challenged, maybe it's time for him to walk away and go get the wins record somewhere else. I'm sure a team that's going to fire a coach this offseason for something would love to bring in Bill Belichick next year and say, hey, we have the, one of the winningest coaches of all time coming in. We're going to have a great season. And the Patriots can move on and Bill can move on. Maybe it's best for both parties. But this team needs something. And I did not see any semblance of where that's going to come from at any point this season. I think I missed hole. Um, it's it's obvious they misstepped last year by having the co-offensive coordinators of Idiot One and Idiot Two, which uh, regressed Mac Jones's development. You know that. I know that. Bill knows that, but he won't say it. Uh, brings in an offensive coordinator like Bill O'Brien, which if they brought him last year, maybe we're in a different position now. But obviously he was under contract, and he's not going to steal anyone from Nick Saban. 
So that's one misstep. Number two misstep is not, it, it's, it's, the pattern has been built is where you have a young quarterback and a wide receiver becomes available on the open market or in the trade market and you go acquire them. You know, two is the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. What do they do? They go and get Tariq Hill. Uh, Josh Allen needs a quarterback. He's still under his rookie contract. What do they do? They go get Stefan Diggs. Um, there's a third person. Oh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, they drafted Devontae Smith, but they know Devontae Smith is not the home run hitter. He's not this special talent. He's really good. They go and get A.J. Brown. They give up draft. They give up a first-round draft pick. That's fine, but let's see. Tyreek Hill and Tua are trending in the right direction. Um, Tua just needs to stay healthy. Josh Allen and, and Diggs progressed the franchise in – championship form hasn't reached the top of the mountain and Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown they were in the Super Bowl last year is it a perfect system no um we just saw Chicago trying to do it by getting DJ Moore doesn't look great but still have enough part of the season left over maybe they can turn it around the Patriots never did that they never went out they got Devontae uh, Parker. They got Kendrick Bourne. They got Juju Smith-Schuster. But that's not Tyreek Hill in his prime. That's not A.J. Brown in his prime. That's not um, who's the other th- who's the third person? I just uh, that Diggs. Not in their prime. And, no. and Hill wasn't Hill wasn't a trade. It was a it was a free agent acquisition. Tyreek Hill. So the option, huh? I think Tyree wasn't Hill? he a free? No, that was a trade. Was he a trade? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm mistaken. So, and I like what Demario Douglas has done, and I think Kayshawn may have some play, but he's got to get on the field first. I think what's happening is is Devontae's contract and Juju's contract are almost requiring them to play, and well, that's not proving your worth to be able to step on the field that's your contracts dictating who's going to play which it shouldn't be that way if you're not going to go out there and produce why am i going to why am i going to get you mm-hmm. why am i give you snaps on the field Devonte parker had probably a seen amount Devonte parker had 82 percent of the snaps and juju had 47 percent of the snaps Farrell brown was on the field more than more than the Demario Douglas, you, you, it, it, it's just insane that a guy that just got here is getting more snaps because they tried to run the ball. But how well did they run the ball? They didn't run the ball that well. My greater point, Chris, is that they just they fumbled this this rookie contract for Mac Jones. They didn't position it correctly. They didn't give him the tools, the proper tools. They didn't go out and get Devontae Adams when he was available. They didn't go out and get Tyreek Hill when he was available. They didn't go out and get, you know, I don't know if Jerry Judy would have been the answer or T. Higgins would have been the answer, but they were out there for at least a half second. They didn't go. I I agree not getting Cortland Sutton. I don't think he's 
that that tier of player that you wanted to go out and get. Yeah. You didn't go out and get anybody. You didn't and, and T. Higgins would be a free agent. Uh Tyler Boyd, which isn't the answer, but Tyler Boyd's a free agent at the Nice uh, piece though. Mike Evans. Huh? Tyler Boyd's a nice piece though. He's a nice piece, but we're talking about a guy that's gonna be the like the the Stefan Diggs. Yeah. The Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown. Like Mike Evans is on the back back end of his career. That's that's not a guy you want to sit there and give sixteen, seventeen million dollars to to be the guy, the answer. Um, I think it's T. Higgins as a free agent, and that's it. Unless Calvin Ridley shows something, but you know, Jacksonville could give him money. But right now, we're we're at a point where he should have that option. Because Juju's not the option. Juju Juju, after A.J. Brown left the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was very clear that he is not a wide receiver one. Yeah. And that's Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're not talking about Kansas City. We're talking about Pittsburgh Steelers. What he did in Kansas City, that a lot of that, as you pointed out, was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So it's just they fumbled. This This was the year. This would have been the year to bring in an upper echelon. That's why there was all the talk about getting that upper echelon wide receiver to really put him over the top and give him that playmaker to complement the running game of, of, of Ramondre Stevenson and, and give Mac Jones someone where he can just say, damn shit's going wrong. Let me toss it up and, and, and see what he can do. That's what you do to Tyreek kill. You, you pitch a little shuttle screen and he can take it 60 or you throw it up to AJ Brown and he's going to go up and on those 50, 50 balls, he's going to, he's going to bring it down. That's what Devonte Parker is, but those 50-50 balls, he's you not know, bringing them down. I hear people saying that about Parker, and I, I, I never saw that. I was about to ask you. I said, what's Devontae Parker been the most effective at his entire career? The slot kind of plays. The across the middle, the shorter passes. And every time you not... see him throw to him, it's 40 yards downfield. And it's like, Devontae it's Parker like... is not Devontae Adams. It's like they think they got a different guy. And, and, and here's, it doesn't make any sense. The, here's, here's the rub, Chris. Everyone else knows what they're going to do. Right. They know they're going to throw a 50-50 ball to 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 Devontae Parker nine times out of ten. Well, how 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 is how is um every almost fifty percent of the balls thrown to Devontae Parker getting picked off? Because they know what's happening. Uh-huh. They know they're gonna so if it comes up short, the guy's in position. That's what happened. It was either last week or the week before where Mac Jones got picked off. I don't remember which week it is. It's all kind of blurring together. My overall point about Mac Jones and the Patriots offense, the whole construct of the team is that Bill went into this draft and you saw it. I saw it. They drafted three guys on defense, top three in the first, second, and third round, all linebackers, all, all, all defensive players, speed. He upgraded the speed. That's for sure. This is a faster defense when everyone's on the field, that's healthy. And he got, um, I think he got a couple, a couple guys later. Uh, no, he got some cornerbacks late in the draft, but he drafted offensive line and he drafted defense. Defense looked pretty good, although uh, Mapu's not really playing too much. But and Cam Cam White hasn't really impacted. But Christian Gonzalez was an impact player, but the offensive line hasn't been resolved. And I'd like to give Adrian Clem a little bit of of rope because of what he was. He was given to work with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I just don't think I just don't think the construct of the offense is just it's not working because there's no threat. There's no threat. Devontae's not a threat. Uh I like Kendrick Bourne as a nice piece, but he's not he's not a threat. Juju's not a threat. And, and here's the thing. That goes back to poor game planning because he should be. Uh, uh Kendrick? Yes. He should be more of an impact player. Yes. Look at look at week one against a very, very good, possibly elite Eagles defense. Bourne had his best game as a Patriot because they used him intelligently. It was on the run. It was quick little quick hit passes like you can yeah. do with Douglas, where you can throw it five yards and he can take it thirty or forty. He's that kind of player. He's you do end arounds. He is the speed. Him and Douglas are the speed. And it's like the minute you see they're effective, it's like, well, okay, back to Parker and Juju. I I would rather this offense struggle with Douglas, Tyquan Thornton, Ute, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, um Bourne. Yeah. Figuring out who's gonna do what. Then watch them throw thirty yards down the sideline to Devontae Parker again and have him get have Mac Jones get intercepted. And I like Devontae Parker. I'm glad he's on the team. There is definitely a role yeah. for him there. But it's a short, intermediate, eight to ten yard pass over the middle. That is what that's where he made his bread and butter against the Patriots when he was on the Dolphins. Do that and it opens up the rest of the field. Then you can use the tight ends. Then you can run because the the, the defensive line just can't, you know, uh, you know, put eight in the box. And like it, it's obvious to everybody watching, but it's not the game plan to build you up. So we're just going to stick with that, despite the fact we're getting blown out. It's just getting tiresome to watch. Oh no, you're you're absolutely right, and and I can kind of what what's interesting, Chris. Uh, let's see, it, oh that's last year. Um, what's interesting is so the, the most points we scored in a game this year is what game? Oh, um, I think the Dolphins game. Uh, no, the uh, Eagles. Okay. Eagles we scored twenty points. Now uh, okay. twenty points is twenty points. But um so so the, here's here's so that's the that's the most points we scored in a game. And Devontae Parker didn't play. Okay. And in that game, we had Kayshawn Kendrick Bourne played ninety one percent of the snaps. That was because Kendrick or uh, Devontae didn't play. It's 91% of the place. 91. Keishon Butte, 69%. And Demario played 41%. Juju played 54%. Okay. Most points this season. Then Devontae Parker comes back. Obviously, first game back, he plays 100% of the snaps against the Dolphins. Then we scored 20 points. No, I'm sorry, 17 points. 17 points. He played 100% of the snaps. Juju got 59%. Kendrick got 51%. Demario, 8%. And obviously, uh, Kayshawn was a inactive. And then we go back to this week that we just played, where we scored a grand total of three points, although the numbers are probably skewed because, as you know and I know, we we got blown out and we we're down to 55 snaps the entire offensive game. And Kendrick played 53%. Devontae played 82%. And like I said, DeMario was 33. Juju was 47. And the, the tight ends got a lot of play. 
So what I'm seeing is we're going more conservative offensively. We're trying to bulk up, try to run the ball, trying to lean into that, and that's producing what? Three points. Yeah, a very slow offense. Three points, and if you play a defense that is going to turn points into off uh, uh, turnovers into points immediately, it's going to spell doom because you just don't have just don't have the offense uh, scheme in play. You may have the weapons, but you don't have it in play. And and uh, look, I like Bourne. Get him play. Get him 80, 85 percent, ninety percent of the snaps. Yep. But then you have to in, you have to increase. Stop. You have to increase, Kayshawn Butte. And you have to you have to get Kesha, uh and you have to get Demario on the field more. You have to. And what was the and, drawback on Butte week one? He just didn't get his feet down on a couple of those. That's a rookie mistake. He's got to learn that. Okay, but he still he caught the ball and he was doing good. Well, what happened? It was two parts. It was probably that, and uh, guess who comes back? Devontae Parker, and they paid Devontae Parker. And this is this is sometimes the problem when you you spend money on certain players is you have to justify it. That's what happened yeah. last year when they traded for Devontae Parker. It was um, what's it? Matt Patricia. He was linked to the signing of Devontae Parker. He had to justify that transaction by playing him so much. And it sacrificed Tyquan Port, his playing time. So I I just think the offense needs a reset button this week. And you have to go in with, okay, we have these two kids who might be dynamic. We need to play them. We need to see what they got. I don't know if it's a lost season already, but it's definitely you're ice skating uphill right now. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's a throwback to Blade right there. <laughs> uh yeah, they are definitely ice skating uphill. And this is this it's frustrating. And I'm fine being a fan of a rebuilding team that isn't that isn't winning every game. Quite frankly, we shouldn't have beat the Eagles. We shouldn't have beat the Dolphins. We shouldn't have beat the Cowboys. We should always beat the Jets, because, you know, screw the Jets. But right. Make it exciting. Don't make the reason you lost because you shoot yourself in the foot. Like the the mistakes they made against the Eagles early on, and then they played so well the rest of the game, and they they couldn't take themselves out. And then you know, kind of the same thing against Miami. The Jets game, offense looked good. Defense was great the whole game, but it's like the minute the offense found something that worked, they're like, "Oh, let's stop doing that," and they still almost lost that game. I got uh, what's his name? Um, Aaron Rodgers BFF there. Cobb, damn near caught that hail Mary, hail Mary at the end. And we're talking if that's the case, we're talking about an embarrassing bl- uh, come from behind loss <laughs> and an zero and four start. Right. You, you want to talk about coulda woulda shoulda against the Eagles and the and the Dolphins? That's fine. You got to talk about the same thing against the Jets on the other end of it. They damn near blew that game, and the Jets were, uh, you know a cop fingertip away from a super embarrassing loss and like nothing to even hang your hat on so far this year. So it's just, there's like, and like I said earlier, if it wasn't, if Judon and Gonzalez didn't go down with injury, it'd be like, okay, 
Our offense is still, eh, whatever. Hopefully that can develop, but our defense is still really, really solid. Well, now our two best defensive players, uh, arguably, uh, not not arguable with Judon, but it's arguable that Gonzalez is right up there with him uh, from what we've seen so far through four weeks, uh, are not going to play potentially the rest of the year. Great. And then they go out today and they, they, they trade for, for J.C. Jackson, who was a tremendously talented corner, all-pro caliber player when with New England, went and signed a big free agent contract with the Chargers, <clears throat> just had a rash of injuries, and they traded it back for him today. And I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. It's bringing a familiar guy who's still in his prime with a lot of talent back into the system, and uh, the Chargers are paying a lot of that contract. So it's not going to cost the Patriots a whole lot, and it's a late-round pick, which you probably weren't going to get a good player with anyways. Uh, so... I'm fine bringing him back. I don't know how much of an impact he can have if if he can find even a, somewhat of his old form when he was in New England last time before he left and some of the other corners and secondary members can come back and, and kind of get going. This defense can still be very solid, but it doesn't score points most of the time. So how is that going to happen? Because... We don't, as good as that defense was, it's not like it's Baltimore Ravens 2000s good or elite, you know, Steel Curtain or or Bears, you know, the, the matches of the midway. Like, it's nowhere near that caliber. So, I mean, it's not like the offense can get away with putting up 13, 16, 20 points a game and win eight or 10 games a year. It's not going to happen. You put up an average of 17 points with the, with the defense you have, uh, you're – you're still probably going to be a 3-4 win team, honestly. Uh, and that doesn't even take into account the mistakes the offense makes and, and the bad positions that they put the defense in. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go as far as to call it a lost season. It's only week four. Uh, and there's a lot of teams that are still finding themselves. I mean, hell, the Bengals are 1-3 one and, one and, and look atrocious right now. Um, you know, Burrow looked like a backup last week. And, uh, you know, he's been so bad to the point I'm thinking about he's healthy and I'm thinking about starting Brock Purdy over him. I mean, just because, uh, I mean, he hasn't shown anything besides late in that Rams game. And then last week he just looked abysmal. Um, So, I mean, teams do struggle and then they find their footing and they find a thing that works and it clicks. The thing is. Those teams don't have a stubborn, stubborn, stubborn guy who is a coach who has all his friends and family around him telling him he's right and not willing to change and progress with where the game is going. And that's the problem Patriots have. And look, I'll take it. 20 years of unrivaled success, six Super Bowl championships, if this is what we have to deal with for four or five years, okay, okay. I can take it. That's fine. Uh, but, I mean, there has to, at some point, be at least a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. And right now, it's just Mac Jones with a dead flashlight in the cave going, I don't know where to go. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I will say this. Um, albeit we don't know what JC will bring to the table, uh, Sean Wade and Miles Bryant played the outside corner for the rest of the game. And then Jalen Mills played the slot for the rest of the game after Christian left. So a 
Because Miles Miles is more like he'll play both inside and outside, but he's more of a slot guy. Right. And having him on the outside is scary thought. So at least JC, if he's healthy enough, can play the outside, kick Miles back inside. Sean Wade playing just frightens me to no end. But so I'm hoping uh with, with Jack Jones can eventually come off of the pup list and then maybe Jonathan can play at some point. Maybe Marcus comes back at some point. We can see a healthy roster of corners and not have to play Sean Wade as much because you saw it this weekend, so it's it's not really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, him as a versatile safety kind of replacement spot makes sense to me. Not playing him every down at outside corner and just getting cooked. It's just not a it's not a good recipe for success. But I don't think we'll, they had anybody we'll, else, unfortunately. No, they didn't. They literally had that's literally what they had. They had Sean yeah. Wade, Miles Bryant, and Jalen Mills uh, to play. And then if one of them went down, who knows? It could have been Kyle Duggar or Adrian Phillips or like Ma, uh, Mapu maybe playing the inside slot. Or it, it, it it's a scary thought. Um, where the cornerback position because it was such a strength yeah. going into training camp, yeah. but then things started happening, and then a combination of of Christian Gonzalez just because he was going to be he's going to be a good one. Away, he's going to be a good one. He wasn't going to take away half the field, but no, but he is he. I, I see that mindset of if he gives up a play, it's. It's just out of his out of his mind the next play because that's what you have to have. I sincerely believe he will be a shutdown corner. I really do. Yeah. I really think yeah. he's that good. Uh, now we just need an offense that can score decent points and 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 a secondary around him that's not a liability. Which, when healthy, it's not. It's a very good secondary. But unfortunately, uh, the only healthy Jones we have on our team right now is Mac, and that's not to say unfortunately Mac's healthy. I don't wish anything bad on him, but we have our. Four Jones on defense that aren't playing right now, which we very much need mm-hmm. back. Um, not to mention Marcus Jones; he looked great last year. And yeah, I mean, and, and like a like a Swiss Army knife role. I mean, he was returning kicks and playing receiver a little bit. And where's he been? I, I injured too. Yes, uh, yeah, Marcus Jones. Yeah, yeah, he's he has the same thing. Um, not to the the same degree, but he's got uh, similar to what Christian got. But I don't know if it's the same degree, so I think there's hope that he'll eventually come back. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's <sighs> there's just not much to say to that realistically. Like, you need to just, see something, some spark, something. Well, I think the spark is. The two kids going out there and and playing 40, 40% of the snaps and telling the veterans, hey, you guys got to earn it. You got to show separation. You got to catch the ball. Now, Mac has to put it in a spot where they can catch it, but you got to catch the ball. You got to make plays, um, and you got to go with the growing pains. You're talking yeah. about Tayshawn and him. <laughs> I'm able to get two feet down. Uh, Demario fumble fumbling, like those are growing pains that are going to happen. 
because these kids are going to, you know, they're going to realize that this is not college anymore. There's not one guy on defense that can make a play or two guys on the, it's every player on the, on the field can make a play on you and can be impactful. So you can't be loose with the ball. And if, even if you're not loose with the ball, you have to be mindful and, and secure that ball. And if it means trying to get an extra yard or two or securing the ball, you have to lean towards securing the ball. So, and, and as they get on the field and they learn that and they grit because the confidence is where they're going to be able to make those plays when they're confident on the field, when they're confident in their routes, when they're confident in the plays that they know, that's where Mac Jones is going to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to make that play that yeah. I made yeah. to Demario week in and week out. I'm going to get a, maybe not a 40 yard play, but a 15 to 20 yard play or a 60 yard play from Demario Douglas. And it's gonna it's gonna help the offense because instead of trying to go 14, 15 play drives every single time, which is never gonna work. No. Now you can go, oh well, this drive we only went three or four plays because DeMario got us down the field, you know, in a 40 yard, 50, 45 yard whack in one catch. And I think that's what they're missing. That's what they need. And when the defense sees DeMario out there playing, being effective with confidence, that pushes the safeties back a little bit. And that that pushes the corners back a little bit. Well, now you don't have more players in the box than you can block. Now you have less. And now Ramondre and Zeke are a little bit more effective. Yeah. But you won't have that if you don't play because they're not eh. scared of Cage. They're not scared of, of, of Kendrick. They're not concerned with Devontae Parker. And they're not concerned with Juju. They're just not. And I'll I'll end by by asking my team, and I'm going to quote an old 80s or 90s pop song here, just give me something to believe in. That's all I'm asking. That's right. And with that, we will wrap up episode 210. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or Anything sports related at all, Ben and I'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, or Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating, review, and ask a friend to do the same. We would greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you right back here next time. Thank you.